What up, what up? Welcome to Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. It is Tuesday, November 5th. We got episode 10. Made it to double digits. Starting with our sports recap, going into our wing review, talking about the go to the week, doing a little Loris trivia, and then finishing out with questions from the fans. Rundown football won 21 14 over Nebraska Wesleyan. Both the cross country men's and women's programs finished third in the conference. Luke Gortormson finished in the 11th, getting that all conference uh, honoree. On the women's side, Cassie Rosenbaum finished second. Audrey Miller finished third. And we also had Kaylee Osterberger, who finished 14th, getting that all conference. We had four. All-conference honorees, great showing uh, this weekend. And we have a lot going on this week in athletics, so check out that duohawks.com for all those different upcoming athletic events. All right, let's dive into our wing review this week. We went on down to Seven Hills Brewery, I believe is what it's called, um, and we we got a very large meal, actually. Um, it was Trent's birthday, so we had a big group, and uh, again, we'll wait for... We'll wait to give the scores till after we talk about the wings. So let's get into it. First off, do you feel any older? Uh, no, not really. Dude. I mean, I don't know. It's only 24, it's, yeah. like 23 to 24 is like, <clears throat> did you really just have a birthday? Or yeah. You're <laughs> I mean, basically the same person. Right, because, I mean, at 25, you can actually rent a car. You know what I mean? So like, that's that milestone. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hit any milestones, I don't think. Yeah, at least, though, when you turn 24, you're still like, all right, yeah, this is good. I'm turning 24. <laughs> as soon as you get past 25, you're like, uh, no, I don't want another one. I don't want one of these. Uh, you're speaking from experience over yeah, there, really? aren't you? No, no. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the wings here. So overall, very good wings. Um, I just stuck with one flavor, uh, which the wings came, if you chose one flavor, the wings came uh, already, what's the word? Sautéed, tossed, tossed, tossed. Yeah. Um, and but if you ordered multiple, they just gave you the sauces on the side and then kind of had you either dip it or yeah. shake it yourself, which was uh, a bit annoying for some of you guys. I think it docked your scores a little bit. It it for me it didn't just because I mean I guess my one thing is if I wish I knew that before. You know, mm-hmm. if they were going to do that, I wish they just said, "Hey, if you order two different sauces, they're not going to come on. It'll you'll have to do it yourself." I well, wish I'm sure that, that if we would have asked, I'm pretty sure they probably would have tossed it already. Well, yeah, but I mean, how? Do, uh, that's what I'm saying is, right. how would we have known? No, I agree. Because normally, if you go to a wing place and order two different ones, they would right. just come already tossed. But I, it didn't bother me to me to me. It, it mean, didn't bother me too. Once we figured out a way to. Yeah. Like, put the sauce on them by putting them in the to-go box and then shaking them out, which was great by yeah. T.J. Miller to come up yeah, with that, that idea. Yeah, that was a good, good. But, I mean, getting into the actual wing, the, I'm of course, I'm a big fall off the bone guy. And, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what held my back. Uh, we'll look at those scores kind of later uh, when we give the recap. I think I gave it a 7-8. And I think it was just... I mean, that was what held it back from being, like, in the eights for sure. Is yeah. that, like, the meat was good. The spicy chili saved it. 
I didn't necessarily think that the mild was like was that good or anything to or the yeah. sweet or the barbecue. Um, but the sweet chili was able to get it up into the high sevens. Um, holding it back was the barbecue sauce and not being able to fall off the bone. See, I liked the barbecue sauce. I thought it was a, a really good flavor. Uh, I, I liked the the quality of the meat was really good. It was warm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it, Sad uh, that that's what we have to start <laughs> saying about wings yeah. now. Uh, it was it, not a lot of breading, which is my personal preference. Um, so actually, I don't I don't even know quite why I, I it broke into the eights for me. This is actually the first wing that I reviewed as above an eight, but I think it was just overall there wasn't one thing lacking for me. Uh, it didn't completely fall off the bone, but again, I don't really hold that to a high standard necessarily. I, I'm fine with, with having pieces on there that I have to tear off. Um, overall really good wing i thought i thought so, yeah. okay so riddle me this if that doesn't rank higher how is it not higher than an eight one for you because it didn't blow me out of the water okay it was That's like it was, was a good wing yeah. but it was like it wasn't like oh wow this is amazing uh i would definitely go back there think, and get those yeah. wings again yeah i would yeah. too I'd go get i that think sweet if chili you sauce hit again what did you rate it like an eight one i eight, think yeah 8.1. okay i think if you hit over that eight five that's where it like kind of blows you out of the water yeah it was a very good wing for me i i think i gave it like a seven nine it was slightly l- worse no, it's not even worse I, I liked first in maine slightly better um but it was breaded like it was like had that fried breaded really well mm-hmm. um again i mean the sauce was great um it just i don't dexter bass said it best he said no you boys are from the south that wing is literally fried to perfection. It is a 9.0. Yeah. Word for word, what he said. Yeah. Well, then let's get into the scores. So scores, I gave it an 8.1. Cole gave it a 7.8. Trent gave it a 7.9. Dexter Bass gave it a 9.0. Jim, 8.6. And Jill, an 8.0, which brings the average to an 8.23, slightly edging first and main for second all-time on our list right now. I think that's a a good rating. I honestly think it's the most consistent rating yeah. that we've had from yeah. any like for sure mm-hmm. restaurant. Like no outlier kind of. Yeah, Dexter was like a little out there, but we've had some that people are rating from anywhere from like a eight to like a, a six. So yeah, to see us all within like a point. Mm-hmm. Where did we go the week before this? That was the Q. The Q. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that yeah, cold, cold wing. That was the most up and down yeah. one, and yeah. then now this one's a lot more consistent. Yeah. I got a cold wing. <laughs> I think, but I think that that fried part is yeah. With even because you like technically, I got wings without sauce, you know what I mean? I think because it you could basically eat that wing without sauce, mm-hmm. that shows a lot about the wing itself That's and how true. good it is. Yeah, that it didn't even need sauce to still even possibly get into the sevens or eights. Good size wing, too. Yeah, but does that make you kind of think that they didn't they don't cook the sauce into it like you like? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah. But I think how well the wing, like, as a whole, like, the skin was fried and everything, I think it makes up for having technically not the wing, like, sauce cooked on. Gotcha. We should learn a little bit more on, like, the process of making wings yeah. so that we ha- are better knowledge with that stuff. Yeah. I feel like it would help our uh, Still waiting expertise. for Jenna's smoked wings. Yeah, uh, we yeah. do need to try some of Jenna's smoked wings. Yep. All right, that brings us to our go to the week. Let's draw Going from the hat. Back to that hat. We have bowling. Who is your goat of the bowling? Oh, the all right. PBA. PBA. Uh, actually, just bowling was on earlier today uh, after football on Fox. I think it was like a championship going on. Um, but my goat, 
is going to go with Pete Weber. Uh, he actually had a father that's considered one of the better bowling uh, athletes, I guess you would say. How, uh, I guess bowler. Bowling professional. Um, yeah, bowling professional. He was known as one of the greats, and Pete followed it up with becoming the GOAT himself. If you ever want to watch uh, YouTube or any videos on Pete Weber, you can find a ton of them. He was a, a big role in the documentary League of Ordinary Gentlemen. Um, he won 37 titles on the PBA Tour, 10 majors, and then another 11 titles on the PBA 50 Tour. Uh, he's only he's one of only two bowlers to have amassed 100 total PBA titles. Um, and again, he's just a character. I think skill-wise plus character equals GOAT. <laughs> I mean, he definitely did have some great reactions. Um, some of his celebrations were are pretty funny. <laughs> I've definitely watched my fair share, fair share of highlights. But, I mean, it's it's hands down. It's not even close. Walter Ray Williams <laughs> Jr., a.k.a. Deadeye. I mean, literally, listen to the uh, nickname. Old Deadeye, yeah. Listen to the nickname. I mean, he was the Player of the Year honor in 86, 93, 96, 97, 98, 03, 09, and 10. Sheesh. That's eight. <laughs> he is the all-time uh, PBA uh, money earnings with 4.3 billion with a B. I'm just kidding. Million. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what? No, I'm just kidding. He put $4.3 million. He has the highest earnings uh, money-wise on tour. He won at least one tour event in 17 straight years, which is a record. Wow. He has the be- second best strike percentage. He has the highest spare percentage. And he's also bowled 110 300 games. 110 300 games? Yeah. <laughs> that is insane. Uh, was this guy like the ageless wonder? <laughs> How old is he? I mean, so he's not, he's kind of, I'd say he's just a little bit older than Walter Ray. Or, I mean, P. Uh, Weber. Yeah. So, like, his season's kind of, his career's, like, finished up. He's 60. So these guys must have been going head-to-head for a while. So that, I mean... It was one of them winning then, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Nonstop. Um, must have been a good wa- rivalry, considering Pete probably... They probably hated each other. Oh, yeah. Especially knowing at, Pete. Yeah. In his, like, like the clip that we watched. Uh, yeah, if you guys get a chance, go to YouTube and search, uh, Who Do You Think You Are? I Am. And it's one of the best celebrations. I mean, I I, I hope that was over Walter Ray. I mean, that'd <laughs> <Yeah>. be awesome. <laughs> That's probably, yeah, him talking to him. <laughs> yeah. That would be great. Um, but no, I mean, I give props to bowling. Um, I can't. That, I mean, it's just one of those sports that, like, I'm okay. Like, I'm good enough. But, like, I know if I were to play with, like, if I was playing with somebody that's, like, good, I know how they would, like, how I feel when I play with somebody who's kind of, like, average at like golf sometimes i know that oh, they would yeah. just be laughing at me <laughs> yeah, i think sure. that's what's crazy about sports is or not sports bowling is like there's a big jump between like okay bowlers and like really good yeah bowlers. i was just about to say that like yeah compared to other sports like i'm thinking like golf like i feel like there's less of a, a drastic change and like darts or something like that but like bowling it's like basically if you could spin the ball you're like hit a huge leap into that, like, not elite. Yeah, spin but like, plus then, like, control. There's just it. so much things that add to professional bowling that, like, the normal people don't do. It's Especially when they... Unreal. Well, they... I mean, the biggest thing, too, is the oil patterns. Yep. So, like, actually having a different oil pattern actually makes a huge difference to them on, like, yeah. what type of spin or, like, what their, like, route 
to the head pin is. I mean, it's crazy. Um, I have one of the women's golfers. She actually averaged a 201 in high school. That's impressive. Yeah. Was she in like a league? She was on a high school bowling team. Wow. And I mean, they placed in state. I'm not sure what she did as an individual. But, I mean, she has seven different balls. She said that she'll never go bowling. Like, if she doesn't have her balls, her shoes. <laughs> that's and, like, that's her when you know you're for real, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, if someone shows up and you're in a group of people and someone has, a, like, their own ball and shoes, it's like, you might as well just go home. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not yeah. going to have fun because they're just going to score at least a 200. <laughs> but and she, you're going to maybe so get 100. <laughs> there's two main, le- or two main uh, lanes here in town. And there's one there's that's like, like four bowling alleys. In right, the but I think there's like two that like m- most people go to. And there's one that has like a heavy oil pattern. And like there's one that's like light on the oil, so, which catches a little bit more and a lot of spin. But so it's crazy talking to her and like how she like would go about that. <laughs> Fun fact is I actually took a bowling class in college at Michigan State. It was just one credit. And uh, we had to hand score all of our scores. It was really weird. Um, but that was it. We literally just went and bowled every we, class. We, uh, uh, Loris offers a – I don't know if it's a bowling class. I think it's individual sports. Um, okay. Matt Pucci coaches it. Um, but, yeah, they go bowling. Yeah, I mean, bowling is a fun time, but here's the weird thing. Almost always I wake up and my forearm yes. is sore. Yeah. Which is interesting. So if you're bowling all the time, is one arm just going to get well, that's why you stronger? Or do you wear the guard, to... too? I don't know. Is that Well, you still have to activate your forearm. Yeah. You're sore from having to grip it really hard, I feel like. Or maybe you probably I'm just have stronger gripping. grip strength. Either that or maybe yeah. you're maybe pulling it properly. Too hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. There's probably a lot of technique behind it that we yeah. don't do. Yeah, very true. <laughs> maybe the old granny technique. That always I'm a big straight line guy to the head pin. I don't do any spin. <laughs> just same. I'm a big <laughs> I don't mess with the grab spit. the lightest ball I can and throw the throw it <laughs> oh, as yeah. hard you're as that I can. Guy? I mean, that's just not a good strategy. <laughs> a, a but it works. Thud. Not really. Yeah, there's always a big thud, but <laughs> it's either a strike or a gutter ball. There's no other option. <laughs> right. And that's why it's not a good strategy. <laughs> Dude, it's all about the heavy ball. <laughs> yeah, you got to get the yeah. control. <sighs> yeah. I don't do nah. <laughs> Right, because if you, get, if, you. You're, if you get the science behind it, like a heavier mass rolling at like just slightly less speed is going to do more oh, no. damage. There than... is, it's not slightly less speed. <laughs> I am throwing this thing as hard as I can down the line. Uh, we will post pictures or videos <laughs> of Trent bowling a ball next time we go bowling. When he accidentally holds onto it and falls. <laughs> no, I can't because the... So the balls are See, so you, light, I can't put my fingers in the holes. Oh my. I literally grab it like... eight-pounder? No, like six. I'm not going oh. bowling with you. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, we don't know this guy. <laughs> we'll get you your own lane. All right. But yeah, again, so <laughs> decide for yourself on who do you think the, the goat of the PBA is, and uh, let's have a chat when you see us in person. All right. That brings us to Loris Trivia. What do we got here, Trent? All right. One question for you guys. And since we're starting, uh, I brought back like a little bit of wrestling question. This might give you a hint there, Cole. I don't think Nick would know this. But what sport icon received an honorary degree from Loris College in 2014? Um, wait, what do you mean sports icon? He's a, he's a sports icon. Like in the local community or nationally? I would say more than local. More than local icon who just did what? He received an honorary degree in 2014 from oh, Morris. Okay, gotcha. And he's from Dubuque. I actually don't know if he's from Dubuque. I think he's from Iowa. I think Cole should get this, and I already well, gave so him. So he's hint. a wrestler. Yeah. Right, but I think I'm um, overthinking it. I think you are very overthinking. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. 
I don't know. Nothing? Dan Gable. Really? Yeah. I was going to go there, but I, for, I mean, for whatever reason, I don't know why. I mean, like. What's, what's his association? Connection? Yeah. yeah. What's the, yeah. Um, his daughter. Mm, I know his daughter went here. I don't know if he has multiple kids. His. I think he has some children who have gone to Loris. Yes, oh, okay. he was born in Iowa. Loris. He oh, was okay. born in Iowa. Dang, that's cool. That is cool. That's. I mean, like, talk about like he's not the goat, but like for the longest time he was one of like mm-hmm. the goats of like he kind of not kind of brought wrestling, but like, dude, some of the, he was crazy, like <laughs> he was nuts. And if you actually, there's like different documentaries about Dan Gable, his life. Um, he's he was he went through a lot when he was yeah. younger. Yeah. Um, I was watching one about his uh, he of his son or his brother. No, it's his son. It's his, I thought that passed. Yeah. It was his sister. Sister. Yeah. It's, yeah. Wild, and he was like undefeated, and the only one that he lost was in college was a national champion. Wow. That's heartbreaking. Pretty crazy. Uh. Yeah. All right, that's all we had for uh, Laura's trivia. All right, so now we got our questions from the fans. Questions from the fans. Thanks again for all the all the people who are uh, shooting us a DM and getting some questions in. Um, but this one first off was actually coming from one of Cole's friends. Um, so he said, Cole specifically, you had a lot of success as a player um, golfing at, at Millican, and you guys were a top 25 program uh, in the country. Um, and this, I guess, can o- open up to Nick as well. What did you learn as a player that – you really kind of stick with and take as a coach now shout out john doyle for the question first off um it's honestly it's kind of tough um i mean like there are a lot of things that i do take a take from my experience but then again like being a coach and like having those experiences like you got to be kind of smart on how you balance that and how you approach those kids because i mean Last thing they want to hear is like, oh, in my glory days, I did this, I did mm. that. Like you obviously True. like you want to talk about it and like you have those experiences and then that way they can like trust you and understand that like, okay, he's been there. He's done this before. Like that definitely has a big aspect in it. Um, so, but understanding that like, hey, like I'm going to be here. I'm going to help you lead the way. Like I know what's going to take and kind of using it more as a motivation type of deal that like, hey, like we were here and we didn't get it done. So like. We have, like, I know what it's going to take to, like, get us to the line. We just got to be able to finish the line. Like, I know when I look back at the different seasons in my college career and talking about, like, you can't you can't stop. You got to put in, if you think you're putting in enough work, you're not putting in enough mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Um, like, unless you can seriously, and that's when I'm, I've motivated my guys to do this offseason, um, working almost uh, five days a week, if not more, um, that, like, if you want to be the best, like, you're going to put in the time, and it's just time. Repetition, repetition, repetition. The most consistent is kind of going to be it. Um, that's what I kind of learned in my days that I didn't. So it was more of like taking what I didn't do and then taking it into what I could have done um, mm-hmm. type of deal on uh, what kind of would have taken us to the next level. And then again, um, I have taken some of the positives. Um, playing with Illinois Wesleyan was a big uh, key in kind of my coaching strategies. They do a lot of stuff during the summer. Honestly, um, so like they have, they have to play in I think eight different tournaments during the summer, mm-hmm. and I think they get to choose their top six scores from the those eight tournaments that go into qualifying. So when they come in the fall, they already have six qualifying scores that go in, and then that way their coach knows that they're practicing 
over the summer and they know. And I mean, that's a good thing. Um, it's unfortunate that some like programs might ha- not have that like drive that some do. But I mean, that's it. That's one key thing that I've definitely taken. Um, that because people get lost in jobs, people get lost in like internships, especially when you get into your junior and your senior years, those different summers. Um, but having that ability to push them, motivate them, and see that they're actually practicing, playing, and whatnot, and that, hey, if you want to play, you're going to come in with different scores. So right. that's kind of what I've taken away. Um, and just work hard. If you think you're working hard enough, you can be doing something more. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I would say when I swam, I was a big uh, – I was big into experimenting with different things and seeing if it worked for me or if it didn't work for me or if, like if I changed this, what would happen? And I would film myself and do things like that. Whereas like because of that, I'm able to now kind of articulate that to my swimmers that I coach where it's like, okay, I tried this and this is how it, it impacted me. Let's have you try it and see if it does the same thing. That kind of, that kind of thing. Um, also, I, what I learned a lot at East Carolina there were some really good swimmers on that team and that what I learned, what I took away before I had gotten there, I didn't really kind of think about this before, but you can learn a lot from your teammates. Like even just watching them, uh, my teammates were doing some things I had never really even like thought about or seen before and I was picking up on it and that was starting to help me a little bit. So keep that in mind. You're, you're on a team, your teammates might be doing something that you, you could benefit from and, and be open to learning from them. I mean, even bouncing off that, um, one thing that I've kind of noticed in myself, and even when you're going to different places, go to different meets, watch the good yeah, athletes. Definitely. Yeah. Um, if I'm in the gym and I see somebody doing like a lift that I've never seen before, I'm going to watch. Like, I'm, I'm constantly learning, kind of like anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. And that's what people got to do to take that kind of next level. Um, the ones that are doing great, they're, they're there for a reason. Um, if you go to a gym and you see somebody that's got some of the goals and some of the mentalities that you want to see and they're doing something you've never seen, watch them. Constantly watch different people, learn different things. You'll learn a lot. And when you actually open your eyes, instead of just being level-headed, near, nearsighted. Tunnel vision. Yeah, tunnel vision. Kind of your own thing. Open your eyes, learn different things, and that's definitely will help you take the next jump. Yeah. And uh, Also another thing, this is kind of a, a rabbit hole, but um, – you have to realize, at least in the sport of swimming, like there's what you can't be doing is thinking of a certain time or a certain achievement as impossible um, or like very unlikely. So if you're, let's say, let's say you're a 50 second hundred freestyler, and then you watch someone go 44, and it just blows your mind. Like, oh my god, that's that's insanely fast. I can't I ever do that. Um, when then, if you are at the next level and you go 44 in a dual meet, you're getting last. So it's like there's always levels to it and you can get trapped in a level if you don't think you can even get close to that next level, if that makes sense. Um, I'm sure golf's probably the same way where someone goes down and shoots a ridiculous round and you're like, oh yeah, I'll never do that. And that's a dangerous trap to get into. Well, I mean, it definitely is. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that we've kind of taken that jump is working with the mental side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, this With this men's golf team that could potentially do something fun this year, um, win some different tournaments. And it's all, it's mental, dude. There's not, and then one of the biggest things that kind of helped me in my game, uh, answering, I guess, this question was, there's not a time that I stepped on the golf course that I didn't try to beat our number one. Yeah, like, exactly. So, and it, it was That's a good, a good way. It was a good yeah. way. Um, it wasn't like I wanted him to play bad. 
I literally wanted to step on the golf course, try to beat him. Because if he had a good round and I beat him, we're going to do different things. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we're in, a fort- we're in a good spot that we have a one guy and a two guy that are solid. And trying to work with those guys that, like, hey, let's compete against each other to be- compete in different tournaments. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we're in this together. But it should be, what's he at? All right, now I got to get there type of deal. Um, and th- that get- it becomes fun. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, competition breeds um, success. Yeah, that reminds me of a, a story that uh, I was towards the end of the season at East Carolina, and there was these two guys that were just a little bit better than me in the 500. And traditionally, the 500 is always thought of as a distance event. Um, but in college, it's kind of in the middle. Um, so one practice, I was we were doing a 500 for time from a push. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to dead sprint the first 200 and see if I can – beat beat them scare them at least i just want to be ahead of them at the 200 and see what they do and so i dead sprinted the first 200 and then i was like oh well i just keep this going so i just ended up sprinting the whole thing and pushing like easily my best lifetime practice time and beating them by like a lot and i was like that kind of changed my mindset from there on out i'm like well maybe i should just sprint the 500 every time and i ended up dropping a lot of time that year i think mainly because my mindset just flipped in that just that one experiment so interesting, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's. It's weird because like there's diff- there's not one time that I stepped onto a, a onto a tee like in a tournament that I was not trying to beat the kids in in my group or like why not me why I like right. as soon as you think that you're gonna make like a bad score or you think that you're not gonna be able to do it no step up to every hole like every hole it's its own hole like make your par move on my dad always said it most or the best that really made me mad. He's like, what does 18 bars get you? I said, yes, Dad, I know, 72. <laughs> I have never had a bogeyless or, like, birdie-less round. So, like, I think it would be cool to, like, make 18 bars. Uh, but I don't know if I have the consistency or, like, play enough to be able to do that. But, I mean, like you, I mean, kind of taking that step back um, and realizing that not necessarily playing. I played I – was, mm, I was big on hit and driver every time in college. Mm. I mean, it was my favorite club to hit. I knew exactly where it was going for the most part, but that got me in trouble. <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy how much I've learned about my golf game, becoming a coach and watching some of the dumb decisions that oh, your players yeah. make. Yeah. And you're like, dang, I can't get mad at you because I know I would have done something dumber. Because <laughs> I've gone back to some golf courses that I played as a coach, and I look at some of the lines that I took, and I was like, wow. how do I even think of that? Like, I li- literally, we went to Elmhurst this year, and... There was this one line on a par four that I literally took it down another hole. So it's like a dogleg left. And I literally, I hit it up over the trees onto the tee box, putting me like 25 yards from like the hole instead of just hitting like a four iron down the middle of the fairway and having like 150 and in. I hit like a, a small gap over the trees, got it up really high. And like I hit like almost an impossible shot to get there. But I was like, that was so <laughs> dumb. Like, it, yeah, did it help me out? But like, yeah, but that's no. I was definitely an entertaining player to watch. <laughs> uh, yeah. I could see it. I could see it based on just your personality. <laughs> yeah. Well, this next question is going to have nothing to do with what we just <laughs> talked about. <laughs> All right. How many bowls of cereal can you eat in an average sitting? Uh, oh, average sitting or like <laughs> or most and then average? We'll go most. Well, maybe do like 
Yeah, we'll do like what's your average, and then what's probably like what you really should do. <laughs> I know <laughs> Nick's is gonna be a lot because I literally watched him almost eat like a whole box one time. Sitting oh, down. I'll easily down a box in a setting if I want to. I love cereal and I can eat a ton of it. And actually, shout out to my dad. Um, I he does this with everything, including ice cream, and and I don't know if he still does it, does this, but he used to, uh, where you don't use a traditional bowl, you just straight up use like a mixing bowl and just throw, <laughs> just pour in like basically the whole box and just eat it in one sitting, um, and that's pretty much what I Cole saw me eating out of a huge bowl the other day. That's yeah, the best way to do it. It was a huge Tupperware, dude. Like I was literally was like. And then I see the empty box just on the counter. I'm like, that has to be. Like, I know it wasn't probably the whole box, but like that, he just finished it. He was like, yeah, all right. Yep, definitely. See, I think the the one part where you got to say, all right, I don't need any more is when you need to add more milk. You oh, can't no. you can't go down the what? rabbit hole oh, of adding more no milk. No way, dude. I add more milk all the time. No. Because <laughs> then, then you eat too, me- too much. No. That's when you dude, know you I add too much. I add more milk every time. So like even bowl, from bowl to two, one to two, oh, no, I add no. more milk yeah. on top. Uh, I usually do too. I'm because, usually a two to three adder. Because you, are you a milk first or a cereal first guy? Cereal first. All right, okay. good. But yeah. like, Who's a milk first <laughs> I person? I don't know. <laughs> Exactly. Milk first would be messed up. Right. So that's like the toothbrush. Do you put your, do you wet your toothbrush first, or do you put your toothpaste and then wet your toothpaste, or uh, you, or I, you do not even wet I it at all? Do it. Savage <laughs> move. If you do that. You put the toothpaste on, then wet it. I do both. I think. I think I do both. It's no. It's so like rinse it's it off, necessary, but I think I go rinse toothpaste, rinse. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just go. I put toothpaste, rinse, and then. So this guy <laughs> nowhere near what the okay, question but, was. But, bottom yeah, line, but yeah, 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 you guys yeah. eat way too much cereal, I think. Oh yeah, in wrestling, that was my go-to. <laughs> when I, I when I had to cut weight, it would literally be like nice little quick bowl of cereal because it was kind of like filling and it had like some like probably not. I mean, it probably wasn't the best. Well, for with, me to with eat. the milk, it it uh, it's got some right. nutrients in there. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing, cereal, uh, I. I tr- I've been eating it again, but it took a long time off of not eating cereal because it it is such a sugar. Like you eat so much sugar, basically. With the amount that I eat, I eat a lot, and then I just have a huge crash afterwards. So I stopped doing it because that's my breakfast. So I don't want to crash an hour into my day. Um, so I don't do it every morning, but it's a great snack. What's your favorite? Favorite cereal? Yeah. See, that, that's a question I can't answer. I think I could eat every single cereal on the cereal aisle. Like, I enjoy every single one. <laughs> I don't have never had tasted a cereal that I don't like. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is good. Love that. Cinnamon also, toast. have I'm you a- had Crave? No. Ooh, Crave is like a kind of like a crunchy outside with like a chocolate middle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, good. I'm... If, you're gonna, this is going to surprise <laughs> oh, you. Oh, chocolate. Not, well, yeah. no, I'm not a big sugary cereal person. Like, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is great and maybe Captain Crunch, but outside of that... I'd rather have like honey bunches of oats or something. That's a good one. That's what I have right now. I I usually which I mean that's not like I guess my go-to is either honey nut Cheerio with bananas or Reese's Puffs. Bananas and cereal. Bananas and the cereal best. Yeah, that is great. Great Reese's Puffs stuff. Can't I mean I don't know what it is. Reese's sticks. Reese's Puffs. (laughs) Reese's Puffs is good too. (laughs) Boom. Yeah. All right. Next one. How many times does it take you to listen to a song that you love, and then like how many times does it take till you hate it? Um, see, I'm one of those people and I do this like with mosquito bites too. It's my philosophy is I don't care. I'm just going to listen to it and then on repeat until I get sick of it and I'll just scratch it until it's done itching. <laughs> I don't care if it bleeds. <laughs> so I just do it. Dude. Interesting analogy. Um, yeah. 
See, mine's almost more of like a. If the radio is what ruins it for me, that's what ruins it yeah. for me. Um, that's me too. That's but me like, too. I there's like honestly, I have a playlist that I is old as crap that I listen to every time I go to the gym, and it's literally the the top of my playlist is the same songs. Like I know exactly where I'm at in my playlist and how long I've almost been working wow, out because I crazy. literally know the playlist like the back of my hand. So <laughs> I mean, like it's crazy because I I mean, I'm not sick of the songs, but true. You know what I mean? So like I I mean. If I was on repeat, how many times that I could listen to a song? That'd be a different story. But, like, I mean, I think I also have a trying like that 10 out of 10 question that, like, my mentality when I yeah. go to the gym is to listen. I'd almost be thrown off if I didn't have the playlist. Hmm. <laughs> I would say, like, if I were to put a definitive number on it, like 15. Ooh, I, I would go more than that. Oh, maybe. yeah, way more. I'm, well, back to right. back to back. Well, oh. like, are you talking like in one sitting? Like, like, I'm going to sit yes. down here and for the next three hours, I'm going to listen to this one song? Well, yeah, but you can stop whenever you get sick of it. So it would be like I what, think I can 15? go a long time. Really? Yeah. Three hours to the same song? No way. <laughs> no chance. I couldn't make it an hour. I, I don't 15 know. is maybe like. Maybe not three hours, but. Well, okay, so 15 is uh, like 15's a, probably 45 minutes. minutes. Yeah, that's probably, about, that's probably about max. Yeah, I agree. I think I can break an hour. <gasps> we should do it. Let's challenge. Next challenge. time you next time you have a good song that you like that comes out, <laughs> you we're challenging. That's the thing though, too. It's like you're gonna I'm ruin like, you, that song for you. That that's fine. Cause if yeah, that's, that's how that's how that's music how, works. You, <laughs> another song's no gonna come way. out. That's how I do my music too. I listen to it until I get sick of it and then I never yeah. listen to it again. Well, no, and then you well, like rarely, put it in a cellar rarely. and then like in the Six months, you pull it back out, and then it's great. It's right, like for never one listen, and then you just don't listen to I mean, it. See, this is why I'm the worst DJ. <laughs> and, like, I literally... It's the same songs? Oh, it's the same songs. Yeah. Like, I'm a big, like, throwback guy that just oh, yeah, knew no, all the big hits. But, like... <laughs> 2000s so, so was like, the greatest era of music ever. Uh, so when you so guys throw out some of your guys... because I think it's 90s. Ooh. And I'm five, three years old. Well, yeah, I'm only You're, three years older than you. Yeah. But so it is I. crazy though. Like you guys throw out some of these new songs that like, we'll be listening to, and I'll just be like, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't really <laughs> like some of the new music. Wow. To be quite honest, geezer over here. <laughs> All right, we got one more question. Um, how old were you when you realized that Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny didn't exist? So it's funny because my mom and I were like last time that we got together, kind of as a family, we talked about this, and. We, my whole, like, my, so my sister is two years older than I am, and my younger sister is one year uh, younger than I am, and uh, we kind of all figured it out a little bit at the same time. I think my older sister kind of already knew, and she kind of, like, played along, but once we kind of, like, all, like, came together, and we're like, ah, I don't think Santa is, like, <laughs> a, like, a real thing anymore. Like, we kind of, like, went to our, our parents, and we were like, all right, we know Santa's not real. And so then that Christmas, we did, like, all the, the Santa presents the night before, and then Santa didn't come the next morning. <laughs> so wow. my mom was like, you guys said you guys didn't believe in Santa. We were like, <laughs> oh, man, what? No, yeah, so that one year, we literally got, like, presents from Santa the night before because we said we didn't believe in Santa <laughs> Do your parents still give you gifts from Santa? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm the youngest, and I'm 24, and we still <laughs> yeah. have gifts. Hey, Same. to Trent. From Santa. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, so I don't remember the Easter Bunny one. I don't I don't even remember Santa, but I do remember... So my family went all out, apparently, when I was a kid because they used to have my uncle and my grandpa come in the middle of the night in a Santa costume and, like, 
put presents on their tree. Whether we saw them or not, they would come. And there was one time I saw the Santa, and I swear, I was like, I, that's my uncle, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's got to be him. It looks exactly like him. Uh, I think, and then, like, it started to, the wheels started to spin after that. And But I don't remember, like, an exact moment or yeah. year. I don't, I honestly don't remember when I found out. But the one thing I do know about Santa is, think about Santa Claus, okay? It is the greatest lie of mankind. <laughs> it's up there. What's it's worse? There. I mean, what's worse? What, like, what is a lie that's told more than Santa <laughs> Claus is real? Um, let's see here. I... Like, I really think it's the greatest lie of all time. Well, I mean, Tooth Fairy and Easter Bunny, same but thing. But I think s- more people, like, talk about Santa than those people. I mean, dude, I honestly... Think about the, it, though. I don't... Dude, for the longest time, I was pretty convinced that the Tooth Fairy was actually, like, real, real. So, what, you think that was your longest one you held on to? Was Tooth Fairy? Uh, I mean, I think Santa was, but, like, when I... Honestly, like, the one that I think I believed believed the most... Like, like hardcore, I honestly thought was like the Tooth Fairy. Oh, that's a, a tangent question. Uh, what is the scariest thing you've done to pull a tooth out, like when you oh. were a kid? I've done the old twine to the tooth and slammed the door shut. Me too. I did that multiple <laughs> times. It's the scariest thing of all time. Oh, dude, I've definitely had like a loose one that was not ready to come out, and I just so twisted scary. the crap out, twisted the crap, and just oh. Like, oh, blood. Oh yeah. But just have a friend throw a baseball at your teeth, and that works too. I've had that done with your baby teeth. <laughs> Luckily, no. <laughs> so what? When, I was, when I was 12, I was playing baseball in the backyard, you know, like every kid does. Um, and I was the genius that played catcher without a mask. Mm. And we were playing with real baseballs. Um, and it, the pitcher threw it, it got foul tipped, and it went right into oh, my mouth. Oh, you're dumb. Oh. Yeah. And I was smiling, like no fat lip, nothing. It's just my two front teeth were chipped completely in half. Did it hit the Are those fake teeth right now? No, they're real. They were cemented back on oh have been have been there since my and you've had no issues with that Sage. no issues that's crazy i can't tell at all yeah and it, so it didn't Pops hit your the nerve no wow that's wild yep uh yeah i mean that sounds horrible <laughs> um i'm trying to think of what other techniques or things i did to pull my teeth out but definitely did the door thing a few times it's always like the moment before you slam the door like <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of my sisters pulled out one of my teeth one time. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, I held down and she like, yanked out a tooth. <laughs> that's hilarious. But that's all the questions we had for uh, this week. Uh, don't forget to shoot us a DM uh, at Tuesdays WNC on Twitter. So that quote of the week kind of goes with uh, that coaching aspect. Don't limit your challenges. Challenge your limits. Good one. Uh, thanks for listening to Tuesday with Nathan Cole. Thank you.